Ladies and gentlemen, the following is scheduled for one fall. It is time for that way cool wrestling show. Hey everybody, that way cool wrestling show. My name is Danny J. Welcome back. We have a great show planned for you today. Uh, first, I'd like to get the introductions in order. Uh, I'd like to welcome uh, my man, LeGrand Onslaught Jackson. What's up? Mad Mark Lindsay. Hey, hey, hey. And join us again. We've got the brothers McIntyre, Johnny and Angus in the house. Guys, thanks, thanks. for coming back. Thanks for another show. Thanks for having us again. Absolutely, absolutely. It's always uh, fun to have you guys in here. Once again, Charles Gregory is on assignment. He'll be back very, very soon. Uh, remember, you can check us out at That Way Cool Wrestling Show on Facebook and thatwaycoolwrestlingshow.com. Uh, for the website, we have episodes 1 through 10 from Season 1 on there. Um, we're also going to be uh, showing this podcast on there through YouTube and through SoundCloud and a number of other uh, podcast formats. So this way you'll be able to take this anywhere and listen to the greatness that is That Way Cool Wrestling Show. Today we got a great show for you. We're going to talk about underrated wrestlers. There are wrestlers out there that performed to caliber uh, in the eyes of a lot of different fans and maybe didn't get their just desserts. Uh, was there a reason for it? Was it just bad booking? We're going to get into all that today. Uh, when I go back and think, and I'll start it off because I, I, I have it on my mind, I think back to uh, you know my glory days were 85, 86 in wrestling, and I go back to Jim Crockett Promotions, and the one wrestler that stands out to me as an underrated wrestler for me was the Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. Uh, Manny Fernandez, if you watched back then, really, really was popular when he teamed up with Rick Rude as a dynamic duo. Um, they were the original R&R, &R, not the original R&R, &R, but they used to call themselves the R&R, &R, uh, Rude and uh, Raging Bull. Uh, they had a really cool t-shirt out and stuff like that. They were the World Tag Team Champions. Uh, and I think Manny in the latter part of his career uh, when he was with Paul Jones was one of his larger, larger focal points. Um, he teamed up with Dusty Rhodes. He teamed up with, you know, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. Uh, but here's a guy that, like I said, was such a solid wrestler, uh, someone that could play a face and a heel. He was a dangerous wrestler. He was very good in the ring. He had a martial arts background and... Uh, you know, he didn't hold a lot of titles, at least on television, at least in my time that I was watching it. He held titles prior to me getting into Jim Crocker Promotions because, you know, up here in the Northeast, we didn't have JCP up until about 85 or so. Um, but for me, that's my pick. Guys, go around the room. Maybe we'll start with LeGrand. Uh, if you think back, any, and it can be any error, uh, on someone that was really, truly underrated to you. Well, to be totally honest with you, I'm... I'm a Junkyard Dog fan. Yeah. Junkyard Dog was always one of my favorites. Um, he was underutilized for what he was. Oh, he yeah. was a big man. He was very physical. He had a lot going for him. But when you moved him into, to say, the WWF era, yes, he became more of a caricature. Well, yeah. He came yeah. out. He danced with Mean Gene. All grabbed them cakes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To not take away from him because he was one of the toughest sons of guns that ever stepped in the ring. Yeah, you forget about the matches he had with King Kong Bundy you forget in about world class. A lot of the matches that he's had mid south. Yeah. In mid south. Mid -South mm -hmm. Yes. He he would brutalize guys. And it just it just to me seems like he had 
title holder material written all over him. He could have been that guy right. back then. He could have been, but yeah. they never gave it to him. And maybe if he stayed in some of those other feds that were giving him actually good bookings right. a little longer, you know, maybe we, you would have seen him with, with a title or two here and there. Uh, definitely going to the World Wrestling Federation at that time was money in the bank, but remember, even back then. But, but remember, when, every, when we talk about wrestling as a whole, everybody mm -hmm. thinks of WWF or WWE yes. as the brass ring. Right. That's that's what everyone. Well, they were running out of Madison Square not Garden. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's not. It that's really what isn't. We've been conditioned true. to believe. Yeah, that's what everybody's from the time that you get indoctrinated into wrestling. That's the brass ring, and a lot of guys. That's what they want. Yeah, older guys, younger guys, just guys just starting in. So you go there, and unfortunately, you get a lot of guys who fall to the wayside, yeah. get lost in the shuffle, and they're extremely talented. I mean, extremely talented. And but it goes back to, like you said, it goes back to the booking. It goes back to the writing. Uh, back then, uh, Junkyard Dog, me, Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, there was probably a little bit less writing mm -hmm. and a little bit more booking right. uh, to be in, at fault for it. Um, I would have utilized these guys in a much better capacity. Like you said, in the World Wrestling Federation at that time, it was, if, when you watched a wrestling, World Wrestling Federation, it's kind of weird, but it's like a very happy show. Very Does that true. make sense? Very it was true. a very happy show. It was brightly colored. They Everybody were, was very excited to be there. There were fairly you know? few dark moments. Yes. In that, because everybody, if you have Disney World, yeah, and you have, <laughs> right. yes, yes. you got Disney World, which is bright and happy and sunny and blah, 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 blah. And then you got Hanna Barbera. No, I like, like Hanna Barbera. I, I do Hanna too. Barbera. You got Joe's Slop Park down you know, the street. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying that to be derogatory to any other federation or anything. The Joe's right. Slop Park. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way. That's the way Joe, everybody looks at Joe it. Joe makes it as clean as he can. A lot of the other federations that were coming around back yes. then were darker, grittier. The storylines were more brutal. It was more visceral. Like when Dusty Rhodes yes. went up against the Horsemen, and the yeah. Horsemen caught him out in the parking lot, yeah. and they oh. broke his wrist, and it, it, it was a mugging. It, it was just, <laughs> you know? it was more of a visceral type thing where you'd be like, "Oh my God!" You could I, believe that. Well, yeah. and that goes back to the demographic, and and World Wrestling Federation then and WWE now uh, has always been, and it's very smart, and it's why they're still atop of everything. Is mm -hmm. that they looked at it early and said, we need to concentrate on demographics. We need to mm -hmm. concentrate on who's going to keep us going. Is Can we survive on our house shows? No, you cannot. Can we survive on uh, television? Well, if, considering how much you have to pay for it, probably not. So what we have to do, we have to get merchandising. Mm -hmm. We have to do things that are going to bring people in. And who spends more money than anybody else Children, in a sense, because no, they no, spend their parents, parents, parents money. of the children. Well, that's yes. the thing, yeah, but, but the, the, the at, children dictate where the that's money goes. right. But right. did you see the numbers that just came out a month ago? No, I haven't. Vin, Vince McMahon has been playing the family and kids for so many years. Yes, they did a study 75% of his audience over the age of 40. You know what it is? It's everybody, it's it was the from the 80s. Yeah, the it's my generation. Yeah. I was born in 1985. 
is my generation. Millennium. We're the ones, if they design a cool t-shirt, I'm going to buy that shirt. I'm going to wear that yeah. shirt. It's, it's become okay to wear shirts around again. Yes. And it, people, we're generation. We'll spend money. We'll spend money on your streaming service. We'll spend it on merch. You, there, there's the people out there that buy the belts. I disagree with that because who'd you ever beat? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's just our generation, I mean, I have though. belts because, I mean, I have belts, but I don't like... <laughs> And, and and we'll get into that in another show, but like that's our generation <laughs> yeah. though. Like we like people buy like Voltron figures. Be my and wife. Stuff that's like how that. I got the money to get the belt. <laughs> Been looking up with more lights. Was no bigger than my thumb. Right. By no means is way cool wrestling show any way affiliated with domestic abuse. Please be advised that this was all in jest. <laughs> Thank you. I like. I thanks everybody for being quiet while you said that. Want <laughs> to make sure that got out there. We knew the line was crossed. Your wife beats I got a beating when I get home. Actually, my wife's gonna listen to this guy. Yeah, make her say, listen to everybody. You don't beat your wife. She beats your ass. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna tongue lash It's called show. foreplay. You know, and I got a funny wrestling story that actually correlates with that. I mean, we'll go about Save that in a minute. Save the bedroom stuff for later. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the um, but you're right though in the sense that like they they really they went for the children. And and once again, they made it happy go lucky. And in a sense, like you had a good analogy, they made it a Disney wrestling show, in a sense. Um, and the characters were even back then, even if they were playing characters, uh, they did larger than life gimmicks. They did larger than life storylines. Um, even the characters that weren't unbelievable um, still came in and were very G-rated in comparison to what they did. Um, you don't even know what's going on in this studio right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm distracted. Oh, really? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, in going back to like NWA and then your Smoky Mountain and, and Florida, even down in Florida for uh, what was a Florida Championship Wrestling and, and it was a lot more uh, barroom brawl. We're going to settle this like men, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's what it was. And, Going back to what Bob, what, what Bob just said, like you're talking about the 1980s was when we they really established their foot in the market of television. Okay, Cable wrestling's film. been around forever. Yeah, with the characters and the kids, with the characters, right. the kids, and the mer and the videotapes, you know, Coliseum video, video and, and stuff like that. It, the merchandise and to be able to get revenue. Mm -hmm. From stuff that's games. already done, you know, like they repeated revenue from house shows because they got tapes now and stuff like that. The people that are buying the stuff like now are, like you said, are in their mid forties. That's my age group. It's your age group. We're talking about stuff. We're trying to to recapture what we loved because they really nailed it in the eighties. That's they what really, I was saying really earlier. We're, our generation is the type to go out and buy like a Ghostbuster action figure or a Voltron figure. Yes, we spend money. On trying to recreate our we're, we're sad little childhood for some reason. Nostalgia yes. and yeah, we are a, built on nostalgia. And men children. Yeah, men children. Yeah. Yes, it's very poor true. women out there. And, and, a lot of it, and a lot of it harkens to us wanting to show our kids the things that we yes. enjoyed when we were their age. Yes. Because they don't have a lot of it. And yes, I mean this is we've gotten completely off the rails when it came to this thing because. We're talking about the. What under, were we talking about? We're talking about underrated. Junkyard dog. Yeah, junkyard dog. Because I mean, if you think about <laughs> it, a lot of the stuff that we loved, as it pertains to wrestling, when we were growing up, we yearned to see now. Yes. Yeah. We yearned uh, yeah. to see, like, for instance, Barry Horowitz. Yes. By far, 
one of the greatest wrestlers mm -hmm. to ever step yeah. in the ring. But most people don't understand that because they only see the part about them losing. Right. Like if I put on a series of Barry Horowitz matches for my kids, they're gonna say, "Who's this loser? Oh, and why love you show me his matches?" Black Widow. But he's the yeah. one making the stars. Yeah, that's right. That's a carpenter. He helped Flair. He you helped know? all those other guys. His heat transferred. Yeah. Yes, it did. And think about it. When he finally won his first match. And you know what? And we said, I said this. I was talking started. off. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking off. Big Candido, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking. Else. We were talking offline about this. And I said, there's a reason why. We know the names of Barry Horowitz, Rocky King, George Sal. Mike Sharp. Mike Sharp. I mean, we know these these names for a specific reason. You would say, well, these are the guys that lost all the time. No, no, no. These are the guys that we watched. And in a, in a sad way, either we, a, we were waiting to see the beating that they took, or we were hoping they were going to pull it out this time. They're you not know? jobbers. They're enhancement talent. SD Jones. I was actually just thinking last night. Can they can they go back to having that? Like they're starting to, they're starting to. If you notice, they're not really. <laughs> just kidding. Well, you know what they do. They, to a point, they are. If you notice now, if they go into a certain um, market they'll or a certain, in they'll bring yeah. in the enhancement talent from or an indie They've guy done that, to do that. And it, granted, it's against like a Braun Strowman or something like that to get destroyed. It's a squash well, match. Can you make the argument like a guy in NXT like Ernie Lorcan, like Biff Busick was great on the Indies. He had somewhat of a known right. commodity. Dude can work with anybody. Still looks good in losing, and he, it's believable that he can pin you at any given time. Well, the problem I have with it though is that nowadays, and going back to what I just said with Braun Strowman, like they want Braun to be shown as such a monster, like he's unbelievably like indestructible. So they get they feed him guys, and he destroys and squashes them completely. You're not going to see someone like that I want to see actually work in the ring and have that, that opportunity, not necessarily squash, but like be able to really showcase their talent without any kind of like drama about it. And that's what we used to like about watching wrestlers. When I used to watch Ronnie Garvin oh, destroy yeah. somebody in the ring, it was like a mangling, you know what Stomping I mean? Ankles, you know, yeah, it was just like ridiculous. Watch great, the great Muda. To watch the great Muda work on a job match versus working Sting, I got to see 100% of what Muda could do and what to try to expect when he wrestled someone like Sting or Flair or whatever. And We can bring that back to my underrated wrestler. It would be uh, Jorge Estrada. He uh, mm -hmm. wasn't super like over, but he would just stretch the heck out of people, probably before a loss. I mean, he had, he had some tenure for a while, but... yeah. I just love these guys that at least at least they used to get their stuff in. Now now when you do have not that Jorge was uh, enhancement talent, but like the enhancement talent doesn't get nothing in. Complete squashes nowadays. Yeah, well and you know what it, there was a if you get a chance um, because the that way cool wrestling show does not uh, discriminate against other shows. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you go to you look up Hannibal TV. And they produce a lot of great interviews. He gets a lot of great interviews with, with past stars. And I was watching one with Ronnie Garvin. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's funny because Ronnie Garvin is just like an angry old guy. Uh, and it, it, you kind of laugh at it a little bit because like he was like really just like, and it's, it says something about the business back then. If he didn't like how something was going, he left. There wasn't like this major like lawyers and contract agreements that like yeah it was a gentleman's word it was a gentleman's word exactly it was a handshake and it was like uh, the, I'm not doing that and I'm leaving boom 
And in this one instance, they were talking to him about Magnum TA, who was one of my favorites back then. He was the sting of the 80s, in the sense. Uh, for Wasn't Jim Crockett. Sting the sting of the 80s? The sting was the well, sting of Magnum the late 80s. was the sting of the <laughs> late 70s. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I even said it, I think, I think had he not been in an accident, we Everyone, probably would have yeah. seen a Jim Crockett uh, Senior Memorial Cup with Sting and Magnum TA oh, yeah, as a tag team because it would have been the two Golden Boys. Right. You know, and it probably would have been a passing of the torch type of thing. First the horseman off. That would have been crazy. Oh, crazy. You know what I mean? And the guy was talking about Magnum's push, and it's always been known that Magnum was pushed to be the world champion, to beat Flair. And then the accident happened. And, and then Barry Windham came into play. And Barry Windham was phenomenal. No, but uh, Ronnie Garvin comes in, and they, they move Garvin into that spot as the transitional champion. And he said to him, what was it like to, you know, to go into that spot and become the world champion? And he shattered my childhood in one sentence and saying, what do you mean? I showed up to work. They told me I had to put on this belt. And I put on that belt. And then when I showed up to work another day, they said, all right, you can give me the belt back. And I gave it back. It's just work. That's all it is. And I said, wow. And like, I know this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what he's saying. But it was one of those things where you can have your opinion about Ronnie's championship run. You can have an opinion about someone's never getting a championship run or whatever and it goes back to these enhancement talents and it goes back to like you were saying like why am I watching this guy if he's a loser and stuff like that he's doing his job he's doing his job and in most cases these guys did their job very very well and you go back and say well we're saying underrated wrestler but you know are we saying underrated wrestler or are we saying someone that actually did exactly what they were supposed to do I'm going to bring this back full circle Dan um my underrated wrestler, you're going to laugh at me because he's a former world champion. Okay. Uh, he's a former intercontinental champion. Okay. He's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay. But this guy, his career did not, I don't think, meet the expectations it should have. Okay. Kerry Von Erich. Yeah. This guy was yeah. billed before Thunderlips was Hulk Hogan. Thunderlips was Kerry Von Erich. I don't know if you know that or not. Look it up, Google. Kerry Von Erich had the personality at the time yeah. in the early 80s. He's a guy who made his name known on cable TV as it was rising up. Yeah. Became NWA world champion, however, whatever reason why, whether it was David Von Erich or not, became world champion, stayed a big name in his father's mm -hmm. territory. Gets to the big time, WWE gets inserted immediately into a feud with Kurt Henning over the Intercontinental Championship. And then less than a year later is jobbed out. Well, I'm sorry, enhanced out. Here's yeah. a guy who was a star, booked to lose and put over other talent. I think Kerry Von, and I'm in no way, shape, or form saying he's the greatest worker of all time. Uh, the guy cut himself <laughs> prematurely several times in yes. big matches. The fact is he was a talent. He was over, and mm -hmm. he had enough that he would have been a, a megastar. And he was a superstar. Oh, he could have definitely been a nice If star. he had, I'll tell you, if he had the wrestling ability, not that he had, he did not have a wrestling ability, because he was good. I think he was, like, I, and I want to make sure that people know, like, you, not that you intentionally did this, but you kind of made him sound even worse than what he was. <laughs> I think he, he's better than that a little bit, but had he had the wrestling ability of Kevin Von Erich, with his look, with Kerry's look, there would have been no stopping that mm -hmm. guy. 
But then again, it goes back to booking. You know, it goes back to booking. It goes back to, um, uh, like you said, like, why am I going to take this former NWA world champion, be it a transitional champion or not, because he could be considered a transitional champion in a sense. Um, you know, could it be just because he was a big fish in a little pond? Of course. With 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 Fritz, you know, Fritz's thing. And you're coming up to the big leagues, and now you're going to do, you know, you're going to earn your spot, and we'll see if you are worthy of your name, you know? I mean, that could definitely be it. I don't know. Um, you know, but it's one of those things where that's another person, like you said, once they started to, you know, to job him out, you know, he was playing the ultimate warrior in multiple dates when they used to, because they used to double book Doink, and he used to double book the ultimate warrior. Once again, to collect funds, and what they would do is they would use Kerry Von Erich to, to be the ultimate warrior in some cases and stuff like that. And, you know, once again, is he collecting the paycheck? Is he doing his job? Sure. I mean, you're going to work. and it's you, like, Yeah, it's just like Ronnie Garvin said. I show up, they tell me to put this face right. on, and I leave. And I leave, and then that's it. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm collecting my check, and as long as I get paid for what I'm doing, I'm cool. And, and if it's something I don't want to do, I'm going to tell you about it, and we can't come to an agreement, I'm gone, you know. And that was the beauty of it back then, too. Um, it was disheartening to fans because you would finally see somebody, and then they'd be gone real quick. Like, when Bobby Eaton was with Dennis Condry, you're like, oh, the Midnight Express. And then Condry leaves, and they bring in Sweet Stan. And they're better. And they're younger look. It's a younger, okay? It, it almost, you know, it was a younger, it was a younger Midnight Express. It was refreshing, you know what I mean? And then Stan leaves, and then they go into, um, you bring in Steve Kern. For bad attitude. For bad attitude. <laughs> Right, and as funny as that is, you're like, all right, this is the other side of the fabulous ones. Are we gonna, are we gonna like see a new Midnight Express? No, we didn't see any of that at all. And I think Kern stayed there for maybe a month, <laughs> if he was lucky, you know. Um, Don't forget about Bodacious Bart. Yes. Oh yeah. Bodacious Bart and uh, Spark Plug, right? Spark Plug. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about Tubular Tony. Tubular Tony. <laughs> But yes, you know, you have guys like the, you know, now you're talking about like guys like Deep the Dumpster Drozzy and, <laughs> and. Not a time to be alive. You know what I mean? Uh, they served their purpose. You know what I mean? Um, 1994 WWF was rough. It was well, see, rough. My thing. Non main event. Going back to what we were saying yes. with this, I'm speaking from a fan point of view. Yes, yes. I can speak from all different points of views, but right now I'm speaking as. An outsider looking in, mm -hmm. looking at this guy that you admire, yeah. the guy who every week you're clamoring to see show up on that screen, the one you, you, you're waiting for that music to kick up to get those butterflies because you know your, your buddy, whoever it is, is coming yeah. out through that curtain. That's what we're talking about. That's, it yeah. doesn't matter if it's a job. No, it doesn't. It, yeah. Hey, the guy who's making my sandwich... He has a job to do. He's not excited. as excited now making my 3,000th sandwich that he was when he was making the first one. Yeah, but he doesn't have entrance music. That's <laughs> true. Maybe he does. That's you true. Maybe if he did, he'd what get a better sandwich. He's break. kicking up in his <laughs> head in the, or in the locker room before he comes out after he puts on his smock. <laughs> cigarette break, bringing in the smoke <laughs> out like Goldberg. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He <laughs> but he does have something in common with the current product, and he has no pyro. So. Yes. 
Yeah, <laughs> Somebody grill going up on fire. When he flicks that cigarette, that's all the fire the you wall, need. On, and the little embers go flying. That's on the side of a Wawa. <laughs> well, you know what they said, too? A lot of times they say, uh, in a lot of cases, they'll put the title on someone that they need to push in some cases versus, um, you know, someone that, that doesn't need to push. So a lot of times you'll have Somebody wrestlers. The title, but the title doesn't need them. Right. And a lot of times you have guys that, like, they never need a championship any time because they're over no matter what. Like and they Sammy Zayn needs a title. Sammy Zayn probably needs a few that, titles, uh, but not in WWE. Break right now. <laughs> I, I think Guns and Gallows need the so, titles right now. We t- so if I could get my underrated wrestler in, I'm torn between a couple guys. I got Rick Rude, right. Fit Finley, William Regal, and Taz. So I, okay. I'm going to stick with Taz. Okay. So it's weird to say he's overrated because he was the focal point of a company underrated. for so long. What did I say? Overrated? You, you said, said overrated. overrated. Oh, well, Taz's not overrated. <laughs> Taz had a promo. Taz had a look. Taz was just a mean-looking son of a bitch yeah. that when he stepped in the ring, there was no no BS with him. He was out to hurt you. That was and when I you believe, were a kid, you questioned uh, I believe, everything else is fake, but this right, is real. This is yeah. real. Like, I was yes. over 13 years old watching Taz. Like, I was convinced that, like, oh, the, the clowns and the and the, the dumpster people and fashion boogers. That's all world. fixed. But. Like, that's <laughs> all fixed. But, man, Taz is going to choke this guy unconscious, and he's going to suplex him to hell. Him and Bam Bam are going to go flying through him the ring through guardrails. going to kill somebody. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm watching Taz. And, like, this guy's cutting a promo. Like, I, he's going to end up in jail by the end of the show for what he's going to do. ECW had a good way of doing that. And they had oh, a good way of presenting incredible. it. They really did. And that's why they were over so well. But I say he's underrated because when he went to the land of the big man, oh, yeah. the WWE, his height cut him off at the knees, no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. He never got a shot because they had so much potential when he went back and won the ECW title, mm-hmm. brought it to WWF mm-hmm. television. Right. And... Tried to. They had him. I remember him standing off with Triple H in the ring. I was like, "Oh my God, this is money." The crowd was eating it up. It was there a Philly was, too. There was no reason other than ego not to do that storyline. Well, you know, fear plays a big part in a lot of stuff like that. <clears throat> Taz wasn't called the Human Suplex Machine for no reason. Right. We've seen Taz toss some of the biggest guys Legit in the business. Deadlift toss people. Just. I mean, from Mike Awesome on. Oh, yeah. They weren't giving jumps. Like, he had them off the ground and, and then, then decided to, to chuck you. And Sounds like somebody in this room. Hey, 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 let's not bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sandbagging Angus McIntyre. No, I meant yeah. him throwing people, not my sandbagging. Yeah, I, I've experienced that, too. Well, but if you think about it, because when Taz went into the land of the big man, yeah. the thing that killed him was they wouldn't let Taz be Taz. No. no. He looked Taz, like a gas station attendant. Yeah, like I didn't get that at all. It's like Taz ridiculous. He had another Z on it. Oh, God. Taz would come in, he'd tell you what's going to happen, and then he'd pull it off. And execute. Exactly. He would execute, yeah. He was a heel that told you exactly what was going to happen in the match. You didn't want it to happen, and it happened. Yeah. But when you, and, you know, I understand you're working 300 something odd days a year. So you're afraid of whoever getting hurt. So, okay. But you can't cut the man off at the knees. Exactly. He was 10 years too soon. Let him execute his character. Absolutely. Taz in this day and age, highly successful. We're going to... Him and Samoa Joe working, that's the match I want to see. We're going to break for a second. 
and then we're going to come back. We're going to do some final thoughts. we got a, a lot more to talk about. Uh, it's that way, cool wrestling show. We're going to be back right after this. Entertainment has been serving the tri-state, providing professional musical entertainment to thousands of our customers. Canon Entertainment doesn't just play music. We are professional musical entertainers. We have personality, talent, and each DJ has a minimum of seven years' experience. We are especially trained for events like the one you're planning. We will customize your event to make it everything you want, and we'll give you our many years of experience to make it even more. Don't gamble with your affair. Be sure to choose the best. Canon Entertainment. Check us out on the web at canonentertainment.com. Call us now. That's right. Make sure you call them 449-8908 at 610-449-8908. Canon Entertainment, they are the premier DJ services. Been around since 1974, so check them out. We're actually recording in the Canon Entertainment studios as we speak, uh, so I wanted to give them a big prop. So, and some final thoughts here. We're wrapping up very soon. Uh... There's a lot of underrated guys out there. Anybody will go around the room. How about right now? Do we see anybody that's underrated right now? Sammy Zayn. Okay, and I, I mean that sincerely. Yeah. I don't mean it as the jest. It's Sammy Zayn. He's in need of a repackaging as far as his look. I think he needs to be involved in a feud with, with Kevin Owens is what makes sense to me. Kevin Owens just beats him down so bad to the point he doesn't know who he is anymore. He's off TV Isn't it going two weeks. years now, though? El Generico. El Generico. I think the, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn feud is El Generico at this point. <laughs> but they do like a machines type of gimmick where Sammy loses a loser leaves town match and then he comes back in the mask and Kevin's the only one that knows that's The name today was the Yellow Dog. Wasn't that the Yellow Dog used to do that? The Midnight Rider. The Midnight yeah, Rider was another one. That's not Andre on. under that mask. That was great. Super <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What did Angus say? Uh, what was that, Mr. America? Yeah, it was Mr. <laughs> America. Same thing. Like, I know that's what? not, I know that's all Hogan. Uh, one, really? One. You know. And they just did that. They did that with the Drifter. Yeah. And that was I mean, it's hard to say, I think, on my end, I think it's hard to say somebody today that's underrated yet because I, it, it seems like the WWE is really just like they kind of like slowly feed you. Mm -hmm. They slowly feed you. So it's like, is this guy underrated or am I just in this slow process and I'm getting impatient? Too slow. Something you know what I mean? Like that, I mean, you guys are saying that it's too slow, but something like that takes a building. They don't seem to want to build nothing. Like they're moving slow on the talent end, but the storyline end, they're just rushing everything. They right. made Daniel Bryan seem organic. Roman Reigns feels shoved and forced. Right. Cena felt shoved and forced, but I think everybody's coming full circle on Cena now. Well, I think what needs to happen now, rather than try to repack, rather than try to redo old gimmicks, which they've tried to do, like even like uh, Dean Ambrose, like his music is reminiscent of, uh, I think Triple H, and it's like a remix of his music, I think, or something like that. I forget if it's Triple H or somebody else. It's a remix of, of older music, and he's, he's coming off as a Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick. I think rather than do that, I think they really need to dig down, hold these writers accountable, and say, I need you to create something new for these guys. Like this week, I watched I watched Raw, 
Raw was it was unbearable in my yeah. remember Raw three hours is too long. I watched SmackDown this week. It used to not and be. And I was like, this is a fresh product. I got Rusev and Gable, which was a oh, nice little incredible. treat. That was a good match. Uh, Nakamura and Cena. That's that should have been oil and water facing each other, but somehow that blended together nicely. I, I think it was enjoyed, Nakamura. I enjoyed that contest. I think it was Nakamura. Thank and not that not that stood he, up again I, after I, that, I, but I don't he, like Cena, but I don't want to like sit there and say he can work. People. He, he can work. And he's done his work, and he is what he is. I think he's actually, people say, oh, he's the Hogan because it's WWE. But really, I think he's the sting of today, of modern day. He, he deserves he, as far as he that, evolved into a sting from a Hogan, though. Yes. Like, he couldn't really work, and now he can work. I think he actually cares about his product. Yeah. I think just, that Cena cares a lot more than we give him credit. Yeah, for. big time. Oh, yeah. He definitely he's does. More than just a five pump chump. Yeah, right. When he's putting out his work. But he I think he cares. needs to now. I think they need to use him in the sense of putting other people over, like they did with Nakamura. Exactly. I think they need to let him give the nudge up because sixteen is fresh, enough with him. They need that's, fresh feuds. They're, I think that's fine with him getting the seventeen too, because it's Vince's creation, like. Vince is the big dog if he wants his guy to have the most titles. And not for anything, offline, Ric Flair has 22, 22. championships. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not concerned. Well, <laughs> once again, uh, anybody, Mark? Well, you're going to laugh at me. Yeah, but, I do. Um, the Miz. Really? Guy, well, absolutely. Here's a guy who, who, who I was not a fan of when he first started. He really worked his ass off to, to get over into a main event program. He main events WrestleMania 27. And now he's he's a great character. Yeah. You want to see him. He's a modern-day Ric Flair. You want to see him get his... Uh, that came out wrong. I'm sorry. You want to see him get his ass kicked. You you will pay no, to I see, see the Miz get shut but up. But not by Dean Ambrose. I not just, by no. Dean Ambrose. No. Understood. So, Yesterday. So he is the guy that everyone hates. It's not modern-day, but it goes back to what you're saying, and it's kind of in the same, the same realm as the Miz, though. I think a really underrated guy was Kurt Hennig. Oh, that yeah. goes without saying. I mean, he was the workhorse, oh, and they let him be the workhorse, and that's the fine. Why I got into this? You know what I mean? But Kurt Henning. Not that I could emulate him. Hart and Henning at SummerSlam. Can I just edit that last five minutes out? Because that's just some stuff that. <laughs> right I want to just re amazing. recap everything I just said. Talent-wise, uh, <laughs> talent-wise, he was yeah. not Ric Flair, but he. Yes. I'm sorry, I just butchered that. I'm My sorry. underrated. I mean, right I think now he's doing is, good. Uh, Rusev. I think Rusev has all the talent in the world. Mm -hmm. Do you think and, uh, they just need to do something writing-wise? I think he could have done what Jinder's doing now. Except you could you could M, you could uh, incorporate uh, modern news. Like I don't know, maybe maybe somebody's leaking information to John Cena and they find out it's Rusev or something. Right, right, right. Well, you know what though, <laughs> and bad. getting on the, and you brought up a good thing here. And tell us the information. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. There has been so much speculation. At, not really speculation, but like talk about. Oh, why is he the champion? Why is it? And there's two things to it. I mean, you can sit there and say, well, Jinder is not, you know, his win-loss record on television wasn't fantastic. Why did they make him out of nowhere a world champion, etc.? But in a sense, though, it's a good thing because Jinder Mahal hinders back to the old days of anybody with a given opportunity. You know. Thank you for, you for correcting me. That's fantastic. Um, but it goes back to where, like, anybody with a given opportunity could become a champion. And in this case, it was Jinder Mahal. You know, he, did he deserve his title shot or whatever? Who knows? Whatever. Okay, but, then but he won him, it. Book him to win matches without 
three people helping him. That's all. Oh, I mean, no, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, all right, well, that's Kevin Owens had that, that, Kevin Owens had, had Jericho with him the entire championship run. Yeah, that's great. Three people to help him. He's like, clearly he's a coward. I, that's my favorite part about Jericho. It, 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 it also it yeah, creates more. It, to be cowards, not even one if, guy. If he's Angus stupid. is saying what I think he's saying, it creates more heat. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah because it's like, oh my god, dude, why can't you just stand on your own? Not even one. Can't and, Jericho. This guy needs two people. And no offense, but those two guys can count as one because they're yeah, they're I know, small. I know, they're not much, but still, like you know. But Jinder is like an Indian version of uh, Lex Luger in a sense. You know, he was someone that it doesn't work that that well. He's got a good look to him. Uh, can't talk on a mic really that much. And and not for nothing, me and my child, my my daughter Bella was. We were watching SmackDown and we were watching his interview. I don't know if you guys saw it this week. And it looked like he had cue cards on the floor, because he was like, "Stop, look down, come up, say something, two isn't three that, sentences." Isn't that the way look the down majority again? of the roster cuts promos anymore? Like it's so heavily scripted <sighs> that nobody's flying off the cuff anymore. Nobody, nobody can remember it. Feels it. disingenuous. Well, they're not allowed it. to anymore. You know, Ember, well, Ember Moon on NXT this yes. week or was it last week? I don't even remember. That was horrendous. The yeah. entire pro, like she felt uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, she has and maybe it's a no rush to get. A maybe it's a rush to get the talent out on TV, to freshen it up, and they're like cutting corners. But I think Mike work needs to be. You're only going to have one Jake the Snake Roberts, in oh, a sense. Man. So, when it comes to Mike work, I don't think everybody needs to be so calm, cool, and collected. I want to have Mike come out no, you need and yell and scream. You need I, something for everybody. And I want somebody to be excited. Needs Twenty minutes of promo time. Like if, if yeah. they put a microphone in, in Big Cass's hand again, I might never turn roll on ever. I would love to see them. I'm glad they match. broke them up because, quite frankly, their entrance was longer than some of their matches. Yeah, and it was it was getting stale. It was over. I was done. It worked in NXT because you saw them every three or four weeks or so. Right? Yeah. When it's it, it's the same thing every week. Like yeah, I was uh, I was done. And yeah, they, they could. And them. as much as I don't like them, they could take. Um, the little guy, what was it? Not was it? Endo. Endo. Enzo. They could take him and do something with him. I think he's wild enough and crazy enough that they could do something with him, put him in some kind of other feud. They need to get over this. Oh, that guy can get himself manager. over and just be done. Yeah, that guy could definitely get himself over. He, he should be like the next Titus. Yeah. Like not. <laughs> can't have a manager that's four times the size of the people that he's representing. That would be funny though. Like Akira Tozawa represented by. It's like the referee can't be bigger than the wrestlers in the ring because why isn't he? And he's well, and I always said the managers shouldn't be the same age as the wrestlers because a manager is supposed to be giving you experience wisdom. and wisdom. And how, if I'm the same age as you, can I can I possibly do that? It's like how we like our news anchors, cute women or old men. Like, yeah, that's why I like my news <laughs> anchors. <laughs> uh, Doogie Hauser, MD. Yeah. He was a genius. Yes, he was. He was young. He was 15. Cutting edge. He was cutting edge. <laughs> he could work that scalpel. Oh, geez. All right, this is going way off rails. Right. <laughs> well, once again, the brothers McIntyre, always Thank a pleasure having you guys in. Angus and Johnny, former ACPW World Tag Team Champions, so they know what they're talking about. Mark Lindsay. Hey. Always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. <laughs> LaGrain Onslaught Jackson. Yeah. Keeping us on track. Until next time, we'll see you at the matches. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>
cuisine was produced by DJB Productions. Go to www.thatworkcoolwrestlingshow.com.